Hello, you are tuned in to the Marriage Underdog Radio Show. I'm your host, Chris A. Matthews. And once again, I have another dynamic duo, another couple that's with us today. I want to introduce you to Chris and Cindy Scholl. Hello, how are you guys doing? Great, Chris. How are you? Doing good. So I met Chris and Cindy uh, at, an, at a conference. They um, were there celebrating their organization. I was one of the, the, the guest speakers. And you know how you meet people and you just kind of hit it off? Well, when I met Cindy and Chris, my wife and I, we, we began talking and just got into the conversation of marriage. And I wanted to have them on the show. And I'm gonna, and I want to just have them share a little bit more about uh, the inner workings of not only being married for 20, 20 years and counting, but Chris, as an entrepreneur, can you talk about, and Cindy as well, talk about some of the unique uh, trials, tribulations, ups, downs that come with owning your own business and being married? Well, so uh, there's, with being an entrepreneur, there are ups and downs. As a matter of fact, there was a book written called The Entrepreneurial Ro Roller Coaster, and it is absolutely that. You know, some some years are better than others. Some months are better than others. And uh, it, it takes a lot of discipline to be an entrepreneur, and it takes a lot of uh, grace if you're married to one. And uh, my my wife is, you know, my wife's had a career that has spanned 37 years with the same company, which is very rare. And I'll let her talk about that. But um, so she's used to a certain level of stability. And with an entrepreneur, there can be a lot of stability. Um, however, there, you know, entrepreneurs tend to try new things. Uh, we're not afraid to jump off and, and try something different. And um, so, it, yeah, it has its challenges, which, of course, goes into your relationship, which is your marriage relationship. So I'll let Cindy talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I think um, I, I feel like I've given him some more flexibility because I get that steady paycheck every month. And, and I like to joke that he married me for my health insurance. Um, <laughs> so, you know. I'm not entrepreneurial. I, I like a desk job. I like a corporation that's going to back me up, you know, that, that steady paycheck coming in. Um, but it has given us additional flexibility to, for him to go make more money because although I have this desk job, I'm not getting, you know, bumps in my raises or in my salary except once a year. So that's a downside to that. But um, since COVID, I've, I've been working from home. And um, I've pretty much become the full-time house manager because I'm here. There's no reason that he would be involved in the things that he used to do because we kind of shared them. Um, and now I do all those things um, myself. The, the bigger picture, and, and this is what's so beautiful about listening to you both. I'm hearing collaboration. I'm hearing teamwork. I'm hearing that we're going to divide and conquer. I'm hearing that we're going to allow each other to work within their strengths, and we're going to support that because when we come together, we're larger, we're better, we're more uh, equipped when we're not forcing the other one to do something, right? And, and I want to ask you this question. You talk about how that freedom allows you to breed trust in the marriage. And I use the word freedom because my father wanted to be an entrepreneur his whole life, but my mother didn't really support or stand by that because she was wanting that security. Yep. And it took a lot for uh, him to suppress that. And it, it eventually weighed on the marriage. So can you talk about how supporting each other in professional 
lens, right? Because I'm not hearing that Chris is trying to make you an entrepreneur, Cindy. And I'm not hearing, Cindy, you're trying to make Chris one to just have a desk job. So talk about how that support of each other in allowing your partner to be who they are actually helps the marriage. You want to talk about Well, I think we both um, just recognize that his entrepreneurial career is going to help us achieve our greater goals. Mm -hmm. uh, he could get a job where I work and we're just not going to be able to do the level of things that we want to do. We want to give back more. We want to, and, and he's, he's drawing the income that will allow us to do those things. In the meantime, my income is, you know, steady and coming in. So if he has a bad month, it's not like we're in a crisis situation. And um, so I, I just, I just try to be supportive of him. Now, do I miss him? Cause he has some very long days and, you know, I just decided I'm not going to get mad about that because he's out there working hard for us. So, you know, I, our daughter has gone away to college, so we're now empty nesters. And when he's not home, the nest is very empty. But I, I'm not going to get mad about that. Definitely. And and, and Cindy knows um, that my like you're talking about your with your dad, uh, my spirit would be crushed if mm. I had to sit behind a desk all day. That is just not not who I am. I've got to be out. I got to be meeting people. I've got to be um, building something. Um, just just built. Taking care of somebody else's business is not something that I'm made to do. I, I've, I've joked before that I'm um, I'm a horrible employee, but I'm a great business owner. Nice, nice. And it sounds like you both got to understand that about the other person, because on the flip side, you're not making Cindy have to be an entrepreneur either. Talk about how you guys met and just a little bit of the backstory. What what led you guys together? And, 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 you know, just give us a little bit more of that detail. You want to tell a little bit about yours? Well, I, uh, we had both been married before and got went through divorces. And when you go through a divorce, you feel like an absolute failure. Yep. You know, you can't make it work with the per person you promised God that you would make it work with. But you can only do your part. And uh, we both had partners that wanted to date other people while they were married to us. Date. <laughs> um, so after after I got a divorce, I started I, I uh, started going to church with a friend of mine. You know, divorce doesn't usually head lead people to church, but she and I started going to church after her divorce. And um, you know, the the saying is you, you you'll meet somebody in church to marry. Well, there was nobody in my church to marry, so um, I signed up for a Match.com account which was very unheard of, very, you know, very new, um, because I didn't know where you meet, where you would meet nice people, because I, we had, we had been set up, we had, you know, yeah. all the usual, yeah, I'd, I'd, stuff. I had gone out with a bunch of losers, you know, not a bunch, but a handful of loser, losers, and I'm like, I don't know where you meet these nice people, so we signed up on Match.com, I never met anybody on Match.com, except Chris, he reached out to me, and we exchanged emails, and then we talked on the phone, and I noticed that he had good grammar in his emails. That was a plus <laughs> for me. And then um, when we were supposed to go out on our first date, it snowed. And, um, and in Columbia, South Carolina, that happens never every yeah. three years. Yeah. I, it just doesn't happen. So um, we couldn't go out to eat. We were going to go out to eat. And I was going to meet him somewhere. And then um, we had talked. And I felt like I knew him. Once. Yeah, we talked for a long time. I knew him better than, you know people other people I dated anyway I 
I did all kind of the background checks that you could at the time. She stopped me. <laughs> I told everybody I knew what I was doing and all the information I knew about him. And he came to my house for our first meeting. Today. Yeah. And when he got ready to leave, um, he couldn't tell where my driveway was. And so he tried, he didn't realize my whole yard was my driveway and he kept trying to get out. And I didn't even notice. I was just walking around cleaning up, taking care of my dogs. And I look out there and he's not getting out of my driveway because he's trying, he's trying to just stay on the path he's on. And I'm thinking, well, you're not staying here tonight, sir. It's <laughs> <laughs> no one turned to ice yeah. as it always does. Yeah. Here. So I went out there and told him how to, how to get out of my yard. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I love the story because you both had endured, you know, hardship, pain in a prior relationship. You you didn't give up on, on love and, and you saw, you know, Jesus Christ first, right? You seek yeah. the kingdom of God first. And the other part of the story, you met online. I met my wife online as well. So I am a big fan of online dating, especially <laughs> Match, eHarmony. Those sites, they, they give you so many different types of questionnaires. So as long mm -hmm. as you and the person are honest... <laughs> It seems to work out great. Uh, and that's a testament of you both being honest, apparently, because it worked out great. And, you know, you look up 20 plus years and you all are, are still thriving as, as a couple. When you, when you think about your initial courtship, the transition into marriage, talk about how the entrepreneurial spirit versus the um, you know, be more a, a, a traditional job spirit from Cindy. How did that mesh or gel? What were some of the conversations that were had? Because as we know, money finances can be something that leads couples toward divorce. So talk about you all's conversations and how you made that decision to be supportive of one another. Well, let, let me tell you this first, Chris. Um, Cindy and I had both been married to our respective spouses for seven years and we got divorced at the same time. I mean, so that, you know, that alone is kind of a little freaky that the timing was almost the same within a few months of each other. And so when we met, we both had a lot of baggage, needless to say. Um, neither one of our spouses were good with money. Um, and so we, I guess we've been dating for about six months, eight months, something like that. And I, I we had the conversation I said, you know, Cindy had said, literally, I'll get married again when pigs fly. That was a quote, when pigs fly. Yeah. So I said to her, I said, well, you know, if we continue dating for a while and, and I'd like to marry you, what would you say to that? And she said, no, we'll have to separate. You'll, you'll have to go see somebody else because I'm not getting married again. Um, so my I set my goal at that point to wear her down. <laughs> <laughs> to, to divide, to, to conquer at some point in time. And I did, I pulled out all the stops. Cindy's uh, love language is acts of service. So I did everything I could to serve her. Like here's a for instance. So because I was entrepreneurial and I was in control of my schedule, Cindy was nine to five. So I asked her, I, I, I asked her out one Friday night about going out one Friday night. She said, I can't. She said, I've got to cut the grass. I got to walk my dog. And she had a lab that needed to be walked three miles. Uh, and this is five miles. This was in the summertime. And I don't know, some other random thing, excuses, okay? Just reasons not to go out. So I went to her house. I walked her dog. I cut her grass. I had everything done and had a shower by the time she got home. Wow. No excuses. Let's go out. 
we um when it's dedication when yeah. we realized that we were possibly moving in that direction i think she had finally realized she was being worn down some <laughs> <laughs> master <And, laughs> what 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 was it um i would say to you i i love you and what would you say back i know you do <laughs> i know you I know do, you do. <laughs> And I wasn't saying it in a conceited way. I was saying it like, I, I know, I truly believe that you do. And well, the, the part of the story I want to highlight, it sounds like when you have a divorce, you, you just don't want to ever put yourself in a position for that to happen again. And if you get married, then that's the vulnerability of marriage and not working. Right. So I definitely understand as, as you guys got to the point where you then decided marriage was, Okay, I guess the pigs began to fly. Uh, what did the money conversations look like in terms of providing? Because, you know, you have this entrepreneur set his own schedule. Then you have the traditional workplace professional. How, how did you guys navigate that discussion? And I think couples need to hear that because there are a lot of couples, uh, especially, Chris, even the, the ones that you might be managing in your business, they're transitioning into that role. So what would you tell those couples transitioning into marriage and one partner may be an entrepreneur and another one may not be. Tell them about credit. Oh, well, um, my first husband had terrible credit. And so everything was in my name. And when we got a divorce, I continued paying off debt that wasn't even mine. He, for years. For, for years, yeah. Oh, um, we, we tried to keep up with the Joneses and there was lots of debt. And I, I actually had to take money out of my 401k to pay off a bunch of credit card debt. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I don't know if it was after, maybe it was before he asked me to marry him, but I said, I would never marry a man. One, if I have to pay for the engagement ring. Or, but tell him why, why you're saying that. Because I paid for my first engagement ring. She paid for her own engagement. Yeah. yeah no. um, and um, I also said I would have to see his credit report before I would agree to marry him. Absolutely. No, that, that's good information. People listening, they might be in the courtship phase. They may be rebounding after a divorce and they want to potentially in the future get married again. You, you heard it here. Asking to swap credit reports, that's not something that you should be afraid to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Here, here's a funny story. And, and I, you know, I was perfectly fine with that because, you know, that's part of building trust. That was a big trust issue with her because of what he had done. And I'm like, okay, well, we've got to overcome that. And the way to overcome that is through transparency. Absolutely. When, um, when I, when the big day came to pop the question, okay, <laughs> we're at Biltmore House. We go to the very top of the hill. If you've ever been there, it's quite a hike, especially in July when we did this. And um, we get to the very top where they've got this pergola and I get down on one knee. I, I show her the ring. I ask her to marry me. And I, I said, uh, he said, and here's the receipt. It's paid for. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it's, it's just, you know, right. when, when you find that there's um, the other person feels vulnerable in a certain area, it's your job to make sure they feel safe in that area. And I, I wouldn't expect her to say yes any other way if I weren't able to make her feel safe with what she felt vulnerable with before. Absolutely. And another part of our, our finances is we live um, beyond, uh, below our means. We don't, well, we don't have the 
nicest house. We don't have our dream house yet. We, you know, and our cars are a couple of years older. But paid for. But paid for because we 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 pretty much live based on what I make, mm-hmm. and everything else he brings in is is gravy. And I think it just makes sense because if we try to live based on his best months and then he has his worst months, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. So um, that's what, that is what has worked for us. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely would encourage everybody to ask for a credit report because you don't know what you're getting into otherwise financially. The other part you said, which is important and, and I've heard it before, but to hear it from a couple who are living it out and practicing it, is, is special. And that's, that's something I love about these interviews. I heard you say, Cindy, you live on one income and you live on the W-2 stable income. So anything Chris brings in is extra and additional. It sounds like that would alleviate some pressures and actually lead to higher performance because you don't have to be so fixated on performing. And, and I want you to talk more about, Chris, your businesses, what you do and how Cindy's support as your wife with the solid, you know, W-2 income that's the same supports you to be able to go out and and engross what you do. Absolutely. So I I have a final expense um, life insurance business. We do all kinds of life insurance, but we focus on the final expense market, which is age 50 to 85 and and funeral planning. Um, and, and we have some discounts to go along with that. So most of my time is spent with um, people older than me. Which, which is great because I love hearing their stories and I get to pray with them. And it, it's actually become a ministry for me as well um, because, you know, I, for 22 years, I spent in the real estate field. I, I was my own broker and agent, and that means I, I was the one in charge of everything and um, learned a lot doing that. And uh, f- four years ago, almost five years ago, um, I answered a call, my, my, my best friend in the world is Mr. Tank Black, and he, um, for a year, tried to talk to me about looking at this other business, and I kept telling him no. I I honestly thought I was that was something that was beneath me, which is crazy to think now, but, you know, I think I'm this hotshot real estate guy. I don't need to look at anything else, but when when I saw the, the money that was there and I saw how you actually help people, and at the end of the day, I that's what I want to do. That's, that's the perfect business. If I can bring someone else solve a problem for them, solve, uh, you know, pay myself well and pay myself residually, that's the the markings of, of any good business. And at the end of the day, I check every box with this. And so we've we've gone full blast into that. I still do a little bit of real estate, not much, but the majority of it's life insurance. And I absolutely love what I do. So C- Cindy talks about the long days. I don't have long days. Even though at the end of the day, I might be a little physically tired, I'm never mentally tired because I love what I do. And that makes me a better person for her because when I come home and she's tired, I'm still full of energy, <laughs> which sometimes is good and sometimes is bad. But, you know, it, it, I, I'm still ready to go, whatever we want to do. And, and I'm, I, after she spent a whole week at, in the house, you know, I need to get her out. I need to go, we need to go do things. So one of the things we've started doing intentionally is making sure we get out of the house for at least a weekend um, every month because the same four walls will start swallowing you up if you stay in them all the time. I I love that you you do a job that is more of a ministry. It's a calling. It's something that's helping people. It generates good revenue as well. And when you have ups and downs or ebbs and flows, 
in that business, it sounds like Cindy's right there to support you and have your back. And then the other part that you talked about, which is very important, and all those that are listening, I hope you picked up on it. You're intentional about spending quality time together. And you're intentional about doing a getaway or pulling your partner out of the house and changing it up. And I'm hearing that you're constantly dating each other. And that's something that's important. And when you look at the industry you're in too, working with persons that are older, you talked about the stories and being able to pray with people, being able to connect. Uh, Cindy, can you share a little bit about um, how Chris brings the energy home after a long day and he's still able to uh, be present? What, what, do you, what do you think that you do to help him with that, right? Because you as his helpmate, you as his wife, you as his partner, you're, you're doing a lot of lifting too to keep him going. So talk about you know, what you do. So if you're, if, if, if you're speaking to the women that are married to an entrepreneur, married to a person that's out in the field and, and, and maybe working for themselves, what would you say to those women that might be sometimes complaining or a little bit frustrated? Well, one thing I have decided, and I decided a few years ago, I'm not going to keep score. And I think that's worked particularly well with, with this. Like if I, if I think the trash needs to be taken out, I take the trash out. I don't sit around and steam and stew over why he hasn't taken the trash out. I just do it. Um, and I don't, I don't keep score. And I, and I had in the past kept score. Like I'm not, I'm not touching that trash. It can fall on the ground and I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> but now I just do those things and I don't try to, you know, little, little things that people let get out of, you know, out of control. Like he never changes the toilet paper. Well, just change the toilet paper. It takes a second of my time and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, get upset about that and so it I've had to make a decision that I'm I'm not going to get mad about things that don't deserve to get mad about you know household chores you know um taking care of the dogs he's a big help we have two little dogs I don't know if you can hear them but they're in the background <laughs> um he takes care of the dogs and one thing I try to do I try to make the house welcoming when he gets home I like I try to do the things that he wants to do because he enjoys you know, he enjoys certain movies that I probably would not watch, <laughs> action movies and such. And I, and we we do that during the week because you know he 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 wants to wind down. Um, so I try to do things that help him wind down too. You know. Um, well, and that makes when she does like that, it makes me seek out more things to do. Like I I I make sure if I see the trash is full, I go take it out. <laughs> Doesn't matter that I just got home after working for. 10 hours, you know, I see it needs to be done. I just get it done. And one of the things we've always been good with is if we see something that needs to be done around the house, we just do it. We, it's yeah. not, that's her job. That's my job. It, it, we just get it done yeah. because at the end of the day, it's, it's our job. Right. I, I, I'm listening to you speak and, and something that Cindy said that was so important. She said, don't keep score. Mm -hmm. And that's really critical for people that are married, especially if you're, in the earlier seasons of your marriage, within the first seven to eight years, the don't keep score part hits home because it sounds like in order to not keep score, you have to see your partner as an extension of you. Yeah. If Chris is out there working on a 10 hour day, you come home after work as well, and you're tired, you know that he's still trying to burn the oil a little bit further, but it's not just for him, it's for both of you. Yeah, yeah. Taking that trash out is, is not like about pride right? It sounds like you're 
understanding that he wants to be there. And when he does see the trash, he will take it out. But there's a teamwork there. How, how did you guys get to that, right? Like, I want you to talk to couples because I'm sure it was a process. How did we get to that? Like, how did you get to that point to be able to have that level of emotional intelligence to understand that when you do something for your partner, you're really doing it for you too? Uh, we, we've read a lot of books um, about mar- make, how to make your marriage strong and and. I can't recall the book I found that particular piece of advice in, but, you know, stop keeping scores. And um, that helped the the marriage books that we've read. And we, we've both been intentional about trying to strengthen our marriage, but it, it probably didn't really, really, it, it's always been, I considered it pretty strong um, after about year eight. Yeah. And, and here's why. I think we both always felt like the other shoe was going to drop. And the other one's going to leave yeah. until after we got past how long our previous marriages had lasted. And um, one of the things that really changed was I, I've got a good spiritual mentor of mine, Mr. Perry Bowers, who um, we were having lunch one day and he said, Chris, do you pray with your wife? I said, no, I pray for my wife. He said, why don't you pray with your wife? I said, I, I don't know. He said, does your wife ever get mad at you? I said, oh, yeah. Do you ever get mad at your wife? Oh, yeah. He said, try praying with them and see how mad you both get at each other. I went, ah, that's worth a try. And I think after that, we we really started understanding why it was important to put God at the center and not ourselves. And, and you know, when you die to self, that's when you're putting him first. Amen. That's special. One of the things you both said I want to highlight Cindy, you talked about books. And when I hear you mention books, that means that there had to have been a level of intentionality. You became a student of marriage. You didn't just allow it to magically happen because it doesn't. You put intent and thought behind, how can I learn? How can I grow to be a better spouse? Chris, I'm hearing you say something too that I want to highlight. Mentor. Everyone listening, you should have people in your cur- in your um, circle, in your corner, who've also been married and they're in a happy marriage now because they can give you the cheat code. They can tell you some of the things to be mindful of so you don't have to make the same mistakes they made. And it sounds like your mentor was there to give you a valuable piece of information. And the research stands behind it. You know, I just recently wrote an article about couples that pray together, stay together. That was a great article. Thank you. And, and a lot of the article came from research. It wasn't just interpretation of what I thought. It was actual quantifiable data, information, peer review research that indicated based across different nationality, um, different um, religious groups, affiliated affiliate groups as well, that couples that pray together stay together. And I'm, I'm so glad that you guys mentioned that. Uh, as we as we land the plane on this on this time we've, we've had together, what are just some, I just like to open it up. Like if you had to give a couple pieces of information, you've dropped some dimes already. But what would you say to the younger self when you look back, maybe in that first couple of years, something that you didn't know now, that you didn't know then that you know now to help those couples that might be in a tough season because they're just starting to get going? What what would you say to those couples if you were actually speaking to yourself as well? <laughs> um, I, I would say it's not a battle of you against him. It's a battle against the two of you against the devil. And if you want to keep the devil out of your relationship, you need to have God in it. Um, Because I think 
early on, uh, we weren't on the same page and raising little kids. It, it, that's the other thing. Raising little kids is tough and it's tough to keep a marriage fresh and strong unless you make a, a committed effort to do so. And I've actually read that um, marital satisfaction declines when you have a baby and does not go back to its previous level until that child is five years old. So not to be a, a downer, but it, it you've just got to decide you're going to make it through that. And everybody's experience isn't the same way, but raising little kids is hard. Everybody's got to do something. There's some, you know, man on man, you got to. Uh, Cindy, I, I, I love that you cited the research because it does decline by 40%. Uh, yeah. And then another component of the marriage underdog brand is that couples that have two children within 18 months have a higher level of divorce as well. So yeah, it's I'm not sure. just the yeah. children in general, but think about those couples that have two in diapers at the same time. Oh, so yeah. you're, you're, you're exactly right. A lot of the data does indicate that children do pull down marital satisfaction, but you have to be willing to fight through that season. I use the metaphor a lot of times in therapy. I tell couples, think of it as if there is a military deployment that's happening. Yeah. It's a deployment, right? Yeah. And, and in military and you're deployed, the goal is to come back alive. Well, the same as when you have children. The goal is to, to not get divorced while you have kids until they turn five, right? It's, well, Chris, it's we're, we're, <laughs> we're seeing in this season of our life, you know, we've got other uh, married friends that are um, becoming empty nesters. And, and man, the number of divorces we're seeing now is just, we just realized, you know, their only reason for staying together was the kids were in the house. And then you clearly... Kids are gone. We're gone. We're done. And Cindy and I had um, very different examples of marriage. I mean, my parents are have been married for 59 years. Um, they're both still doing great. Um, Cindy's parents were both divorced. My mom was divorced three times. My dad uh, remarried and his wife passed away. But not examples of how we how I would want a marriage to be. I, and that was another challenge for me is I had no example to fall back on. So another reason I started reading and trying to get better information because I, I knew I didn't want my and my dad's marriage wasn't really wasn't really good. So I, I didn't want that relationship either. Yeah. And I mean, my my parents uh, had a very loving home for us, but they also uh, my mom told me early on, said, you keep God at the center of your marriage that so that'll sustain you through everything if you'll just remember your covenant was with him first her second and i'm like don't want to disappoint him amen and, and i love that you're bringing god into the conversation because when you think about what it represents when, when you look at you know i think second corinthians there there's the, the famous passage most people are familiar with where it kind of defines what what you know, love is, right? You know, the kind, love is patient, slow to anger, all these different traits. When we when we practice those traits, and even if we sometimes slip up, we go back to a template that we can follow. It gives us instructions. And I think for me, to, to your point, when you talk about honoring God, the, the, the scripture that talks about, you know, husbands loving uh, their wives like Christ loved the church. Yep. And when my wife and I first met, she was um, blown away by my confidence. She, she she thought it was arrogance and cockiness, but as she got to know me, she was like, no, you're just confident. And um, I told her, I, I, well, I asked her, I said, well, what made you 
decipher between the two? Like, how did you realize I was confident and not cocky? She said, because the same way you loved yourself, you learned, you also show me that love too. And she said, that's when I realized it was confidence because you love me the same way you love yourself. And I wanted to share that because as I hear you guys talk about supporting one another, whether it be economically, whether it be as you guys enter this new season as empty nesters, you're not talking with the language of I, I'm constantly hearing we. And that is just so powerful. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. Well, you know, you're, we're supposed, God calls on us to die to self. And it took me a long time to figure out what that meant. And what that meant was, how can I serve her? Don't worry about yourself. It'll get taken care of. And, and that has been the case. I mean, Cindy puts me first all the time. And I try, it's almost like we try to outdo each other, putting the other one first. And, and Chris, you know, I, I've been privy to learn a lot about your business success. And your business success is an indication of two things. One, your marital success, because you have a partner that you, you know, hand in hand with, and you're learning how to serve them. And then two, you know, obviously more so if I was to put this first, but God, and you know, the thing that I'm hearing you say is that those two principles, your relationship with God and relationship with your wife, they play into how you build relationships with your clients. Absolutely. And, and we've got, we've, we've had such a great example with Dell and Cynthia Hawkins with that um, as well, being in business together for so many, for uh, I think 20, 30 years or so. And then um, I've been married 40. <laughs> yeah. 40, okay. 40. And just when you, when you see that and you go, okay, this particular business clearly makes it where a married couple can work together and, and grow together, where I see so many other businesses, real estate in particular, where I see so many divorces because it's singular. It's, it's all about me, my, and I, where um, this is not. And if you can't, if you're not a caring individual, uh, you don't go out every day looking to help somebody and, and make that profit if you're looking just at yourself, if you're looking at them as a paycheck. And I've never done that. I've never, but one of the reasons I've never had to is because I didn't worry about whether the lights were going to be turned off either. So right. that just, that, that is, she's, she's my super, my super <laughs> weapon, my secret weapon. In, in that part, I, I, I definitely am so glad that, that you're sharing the system because if you're an entrepreneur, it's so easy to want your partner to be one with you. Mm. And I'm guilty of that, right? My wife and I, we we went into business together. Well, I, I was already in business and she jumped, shipped of her job and she came on to the business, which was great. I was grateful because it was during the pandemic. So I needed her, right? <laughs> I definitely <laughs> yeah. needed her. Um, you know, revenue excel when she came on. But we're now in this season where she went back to working at the uh, hospital in her craft that she was formerly trained in. And it's bittersweet. You know, I miss my helpmate being right there because my wife is so phenomenal in anything she does. But I also know my the business wasn't what she wanted to do. She loves what she does in the medical field. So now as she transitioned back, I'm seeing a bump in marital satisfaction because we're now supporting each other in our desired roles. So, you know, it's interesting doing these interviews you know, although I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, I'm still learning and growing as a husband every day. So I commend uh, you all for being vulnerable and sharing your story because there's so many entrepreneurs that'll pick this episode up and they get to hear, 
you don't have to make your partner an entrepreneur. You actually can see that as a benefit. That's a blessing that when you do have a down month or things that happen that aren't um, expected or unexpected, you got a partner there that has that security and stability so you can continue to do what you do. So I just thank you again for sharing that part. That's a huge message. Thanks. And Chris, you know, one of the things is it makes our conversations easier because we're doing different things. So it just yeah. gives us more things to talk about. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because as, as entrepreneurs, we may have smaller teams that we don't really in, 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 in align with every day. Like I don't have a large team of, of counselors under my business, so I'm not meeting with them daily. I usually meet with my director and that's it. So mm -hmm. You know, I'm 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 here. My wife, she gets like you know twenty coworkers to talk about it. You know, <laughs> it's like I get to hear those stories. And you know, with my business, I don't have any employee employee stories like that. <laughs> and you're but glad you don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I I have a great team of people. Um, you know, I was sharing with a buddy of mine. He he has a trucking company. He's expanding out with drivers. And I told him, I said, you want to get one good director that manages your drivers. I have one phenomenal director that manages the counselors. And that way I'm only having to manage one person who manages 10 other people. You know, That's right. So, that's, right. so that's how you want to do it. You don't want to be the one managing the 10. You want to manage the one that manages the 10. Right. That's so, right. That's right. Definitely, you know, having that opportunity. Um, I, I just thank you guys again for your time. I really am grateful. You all have dropped some dimes. This has literally been a masterclass in so many different areas, but more importantly, how to serve each other and keep God at the center of your marriage. Uh, Chris, do you mind sharing some contact information about your business or how can people reach you if you, um, you know, if they, they have any more interest in learning more about what you do? Well, they can certainly call me on my cell phone like everybody else does. And that number is 803-463-2555. That's my personal cell phone. They can text or call me. Um, I can happily send them out a webinar to learn how we do what we do, which is uh, lhlwebinar.com. Um, but I I would rather talk to them first if, if they're interested, just to see if it's a good fit, because um, I, I am interested in helping anybody who wants to grow as an entrepreneur. But there's some things they need to know, and they need to make sure that that's going to be a good fit for them. Um, we We've seen people that are a great fit, and we've seen people that are not a great fit. So if we can save them that time and energy, we're happy to do it. Absolutely. But I'm always happy to meet new friends. Definitely. So if you're if you're listening, you're interested in inquiring about a uh, different business opportunity, uh, Chris is your guy. Also, if you're in the market for any type of um, insurance for, for life insurance or what have you, he's also your guy as well. And Absolutely. we'll um, make sure we put the information in the show notes as well. Um, Cindy, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Th thank you so much for, for giving your uh, evening time to be, be with me on this episode. And for those that are listening, I'm your host, Chris A. Matthews. You've been listening to the Marriage Underdog Radio Show podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And once again, I just want to thank my amazing guests for their time. And we look forward to uh, reading your reviews, comments, and likes on the episode. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Thank you. Thank you.